You know, not everything goes your way and you saddle up and move on and it, uh, find a way to get the job done without him. It would have been nice to have him because obviously he's a, a superstar, but uh, we got to move past that. It's old news and come into spring, train re- spring training ready to, uh, to get to work. Now, back to Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Well, that's Jock Peterson uh, right there on the Chris Rose Rotation podcast. He said it was a kick in the nuts. At least he didn't say it was a slap in the face. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, right? Right. Am I right? right? Come on, Chris. Am I right? Right? That would have been good. <laughs> that would have been good. I would have. I would have. I would have done that in a second. Right. <laughs> what you? So you talked to Jock Peterson and Logan Webb about all this off season. Huh? What else did you take away? Um, probably the number one thing is just how disappointed they were with how things went last year. You know, the we, we discussed a lot about Judge and Correa, and um, you know, the Judge stuff was was wacky just because it was seven minutes. The Correa stuff was more in, I mean, they were minutes away from a press conference, right? They both talked about how not only they talked to Correa extensively, but like wives were talking to one another too. Yeah. Like when he gets to that point, you're thinking, okay, done deal. But, um, you know, they, they had to regroup and, and realize that they picked up some guys that can definitely help them improve on a 500 season not going to be a 107-win team, but I think that if they stay healthy, particularly these older guys, I mean, I'm not just talking about Crawford, and but new guys like Mitch Hanniger's got to stay healthy because uh, he's productive when he's out there. Um, you know, some guys on the mound. And if they do, they're going to have a shot at a wild card, I think. Yeah, it feels like everyone has a shot at a wild card now in this new playoff format. But uh, before we delve too deeply into that, let's talk about all these rule changes, Chris. Of all the rule changes, with uh, no more multiple disengagements and bigger bases and a pitch clock and the shift is banned and all the rest of it, which one are you most excited about and which one kind of bothers you the most? Um, I'll be curious to see how the shift works because you can still, there's no like slice of the pie behind second base that still would prevent a shortstop or second baseman from being directly behind the bag, I believe. So, you know, you can still hit a rocket up the middle and shortstop might not have to move. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing what the shift does for some guys. I just... I'm a big fan of getting athleticism in the game on both sides of the ball. You know, I like seeing shortstops making diving plays, and too often we're seeing guys just stand in a laser to hit right at them. So uh, I'm excited about that. The one I just do not get is the pickoff rule. You can throw twice over the first base, try and pick them off. But if you throw a third time and they're it's unsuccessful, the runner gets 90 feet. <laughs> like, to me, that one just doesn't make sense. I'm okay with everything else. I'm okay with the bigger bag. Although I heard uh, we had TK Hernandez on the, on the Rose rotation, and he said he had had some experience on a rehab assignment or something with the bigger bases. And he said they're like, they're, uh, they're like puffy in the middle. Because I, so guys are going to have a hard time staying on them, he thinks. Um, for a little while, you know, but this, this pickoff rule, I don't, I don't get it at all. 
I don't get it at all. If you've got a guy who doesn't have a great move, does that mean you're going to have guys with, like, John Lester-type 30-foot lead? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's bizarre to me. Um, Chris Rose is with us, uh, NFL Network, and we'll get to some NFL stuff in a, in a sec. But as he's mentioned, the Chris Rose Rotation Podcast, Baseball Today, John Boy Media, which is always really good digital content. Uh, one more from your uh, Chris Rose Rotation Podcast, Chris, from Jock Peterson. This one specific to the Correa experience. It was a bad dream. I don't know, but you just <laughs> – I feel bad for, for Carlos uh, – to have to go through all that in the week or whatever he was with the Giants, I actually got to talk to him on the phone, and uh, it's just a, a real stand-up guy, leader. You could tell, and he had one motivation to win, and uh, I really respect that. So I hope the best for him. Now Logan's going to have to punch his ticket on the way out. I, I, I mean, I wonder how you feel like that experience will affect this team and, and and the conversations that happened with Brandon Crawford who now goes back to shortstop like do you think there will be residue when we get to the season no I don't think so I think that's a bigger story for fans and for us than it is for players for the most part I mean I Brandon Crawford's been around this game an awfully long time and yes he has accomplished a tremendous amount here in San Francisco but if you're honest with yourself, I mean, come on, Carlos Correa is arguably the best defender in the sport, and we know what he does offensively when he's out there. I mean, why wouldn't you want him on your team? You know, he's just, he's a really, really good baseball player. People can say, well, because of what happened in Houston, and that's fine. Most, play, most players, not all of them, uh, would be like, yeah, come on in. Let's go. They're not going to say, I couldn't play with that guy. I, I really don't think that that's the way it is for the most part. So I don't think that there's fences that need mending here. I would imagine, I would hope that Gabe and Farhan sat down with Brandon Crawford and talked to him throughout this entire process. And that, you know, we'll find out shortly once, once Brandon's available through the media. But I think, you know, like I said, I think the Giants picked up some really solid baseball players. So... I think they're going to be in this thing, not for the division, because I think that's left for the Dodgers and Padres, as little as people want to hear that up in the Bay Area. But I do think the Giants will play for, for five and six. Yeah, and once you get in, you never know what can happen in yep. the postseason. Chris, at what point do the Giants and Mets get vindicated on the Carlos Correa conundrum? If Correa is hurt after three or four years, can they then say, see, we told you so? Not necessarily. Um, you know, that's a tough one. Right. I, I do understand it. I, I really do understand it from the Giants' standpoint. You're investing 13 years in a guy. You want him to at least be available as a first baseman later in his career or DH. Or he, we know he's not going to play shortstop for 13 years. Like, we get that if we sign him to that deal. But you need him somewhere. And I, I understand it. Anything over six or seven years, I think, would be a little scary. So I get that. But I also understand what Jock and, and, and Logan were both saying to me about that they felt badly that Correa's kind of medical history got dragged through. I mean, that's not supposed to happen. And um, so now we all look at him and we're all kind of saying, okay, well, when's he going to break down? And 
that is that's kind of tough going for him. Chris Rose, NFL Network. Also, uh, what's your take on Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, shuffling of the deck, Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, g- g- give me a little something on where you think these guys are going to end up. I think Derek Carr could uh, could end up in the NFC South somewhere. I really do. I think if he's you know if he's smart about this, that's where he goes. It is definitely the weaker conference. There's no question about that. So. His ability could just turn a team around, I think, a little bit. Um, Rodgers is interesting. What are we now, well, maybe 12 hours? 12 hours into darkness? Darkness retreat, yeah. <laughs> uh, is that what we're in? Are the lights on where yeah. you are, Chris? Or are you? <laughs> and are, is anyone home? Are you sitting in the dark? Oddly enough, you know, we have, we have very much an open-air house. I don't think we have one single light. So we would technically be in darkness right oh. now. Except that since it's what eleven oh eight or something or eleven 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 make a wish yeah, yeah then my, actually my wish is to not hear anything about Aaron Rodgers for like a week right. that's what my <laughs> wish is um, just you know tell everybody when you're ready like I'm good you know just go tell the Packers what you want to do if you want to play if you don't want to play if you want to get traded you know good I love. Watching Aaron Rodgers, he's easily one of my top five quarterbacks all time in terms of watch watchability. Like I love watching him throw the football; he's just sensational. But the rest of it, you're like, okay, go do go do you, go do your life, and just fine. I don't like I don't like it when everybody else has to wait on people. Whatever business you're in, I don't care what business you're in. When you are always making it sound like your time is more important than my time, ugh, had enough of that. Yeah, Yeah. and as Mr. (laughs) Hand taught us in Fast Times, isn't it our time? You know, if you're here and I'm here, isn't it our time, Mr. Hand? It is is our time. It's incredible, Chris. You're an old soul like me, and I, I appreciate that. Mark and I were having a debate over... Who the second best quarterback is in the NFC? Jalen Hurts, fine. You're number one. You're a Super Bowl representative QB. But considering the upheaval in the NFC, who would you put in the two spot, Chris? Mm-hmm. That is a great question. So, you know, I thought about this once Brady called it quits. Have you ever seen a division where they don't know? You don't know who one quarterback is? Right. Never. Never. Wow. One. There's not one between the four teams. I'm like, wait, what's going on down there? Oh, I, I'm like, can we trade the Browns to the NFC South for just a year? Maybe we'll, we'll do something. That'd be great. My hometown team. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. But um, boy, it's a stumper here. Uh, but oh, hold on. Well, Hang in there. You know what? I'll, I'll go. Sh- I'll go Stafford. Okay. I'll go Stafford. But yeah, I, I think that's right. Yeah. Just, because I can't, I, I can't put Rodgers in Green Bay still right now, even though he is, until he comes up with the all-important decision. I'm not going to put him there. Mm-hmm. And I still like Stafford over Cousins. Ooh-wee. And slightly, and slightly over Dak, because I thought Dak just had a really poor year. He hasn't played this poorly before, in my opinion. Well, and, and, and then, of course, Brock Purdy, too. I know yeah, you forgot yeah, yeah. that, but but Brock Purdy also. I right love there. that story, man. <laughs> together at NFL Network on days that we work on this Sunday. 
We were so excited for that game. And when he got hit, we just all looked at each other. And we we're like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's nothing against Josh Johnson, but we were like, really? Like, this is what we're doing? And then he gets hurt. And... <sighs> it was such a bummer. I felt terribly for you guys because very easily, not very easily, but I'm watching the Chiefs victory parade right now on NFL Network. This could be through the streets of San Francisco. Yep. It just could be. And I know that it, that's not what you guys want to hear, but that team is awesome. They're my second favorite team to watch. Well, they might even be a better team to watch than my Browns just right. because the emotional heartstrings that are attached to every snap with that franchise. But yep. you know what I'm saying? Like, they're tough. They got skill guys. They got defenders that can run. They hit hard. It's just... Man, missed opportunity. No, I I think actually what you're saying is almost therapeutic, Chris, because A, you're not a 49er fan and you're seeing and 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 expressing what 49er fans want to hear and and are also yeah. feeling, which is is that that they didn't it's not that they they didn't get beat. They just they, they got robbed of an opportunity and we as fans got robbed of an opportunity. If they'd gotten beat, they got beat, but like you want to play the game, and it doesn't feel like it, it, we even got to, to to play the game. And I and I do think that a lot of us felt like there was a decent chance of a parade if if they had been blessed with health. Yeah, I, and listen, I don't want this to come off the wrong way because I don't think that that the Eagles nor those fans should have to apologize for what happened. Like I correct that what what did happen to the two Niners quarterbacks on that day. Everybody said, you know, we kind of forgot how good Philly was. And they're a really excellent, excellent team. Um, but, yeah, you do. We, we were all robbed as football fans. Like, who the hell? If there was a fifth quarterback available, that's what we would have been watching. Right. Go to the Super Bowl. Right. That's bizarre. That is, and that is so bizarre. And it stunk. I just was, I was upset. Because I love football. I love watching good teams compete. And that's what I wanted. And that's why I love the way the season finished. I thought the Super Bowl was great. So good. Yeah. yeah. No, great it was, game. It was, it was kind of like watching 30 years of Browns football with uh, all the quarterbacks you guys have trotted out there. You stop that. I can't, not because I of can't. injury. That's because of ineffectiveness. We, yeah. We had such rapport going, and then you say that's it. It was either a battle like... thoughts question that nobody cares about, or I take a personal shot, and wow. I chose the latter. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I, I willingly came on this show, by the way. Right. Oh, now right. Chris is the best. He gets right. the bit. I, I mean, you know, I'm going to have to call my therapist after ah, we're done geez. now. Man. Getting, can I send you guys the bill? Please. I've got, yeah. I know a bunch of good ones if you need one, Chris. So, uh, uh, anyway, uh, thank you for willingly coming on the show, and we hope that you will again. <laughs> I, I absolutely will <laughs> possibly think about it. All right, thank best. you. <laughs> best. Thanks, Chris. There he goes. All right, guys. Be well. Uh, thanks, right. Chris. You too. Yes. Yeah, there, there he goes. Chris Rose, one of our uh, favorites. And yeah. you, actually, you actually took two shots at him. Two you said, shots. You said I should either take a shout at him or do a battle bots question, which no one cares about, which is a shot at him. I care so about you it. Said, no, no, no. Either take a shot at him or should I take a shot at him is essentially well, what you said. And what I say that nobody cares about, I'm speaking for 99% of 
percent of the audience. Uh-huh. I love BattleBots. Okay. I don't miss an episode. I used to watch it with my son Keon before he went off to college. Michael, I'm a huge fan. Michael Jackson got nothing on you. Listen to this moonwalk. This is no, it's some a fact. stuff right now. And I misspoke. And by the way, I was about to give you <laughs> all the credit that you deserve. For me receiving, that's a good question. It's your question. It so was my premise, even but I give it to you. No, you I, get it. No, 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 no. no, no. For you Valentine's Day, I give it to you. I asked the boys in the back, Spadoni yeah. and Kyle, and happy half-birthday, Kyle. I've been receiving happy half-birthday wishes up and down the corridor. We all agree, you get the credit, because right. it was your question. Fine, fine. I'll take it. You're welcome. It's over. By the way, BattleBots every Thursday on Discovery. Don't miss it. If you like machines fighting, as I do... <laughs> Don't miss it. And, we should have uh, brought up the machine. That, yeah. of course, was on Chris Rose's show once Ask upon a Chris, time years ago, too. Happy Brandon Whedon. Happy Thad Lewis. <laughs> happy Hogan. Kevin Hogan. I, oh Chris my gosh. gets the bit. He, he's fine. Yeah. Um, Sorry, hey, Chris. Uh, Doc Pandia, in about 10 minutes, Warrior Wednesdays, brought to you by Freedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit freedmansappliance.com today. I got a question for you. Yeah, okay. I got a question for you. This okay. is a little bit of a different spin on James. James Wiseman, what are you rooting for tonight from James in a Pistons uniform? I'm rooting for what a you, big night from you James. Are. Oh, yeah. See, I wonder, is a Warrior fan, and y'all can weigh in on this, what do you want to see? I think this says a lot about someone's perspective. And what just would LeVar Ball say if you were hoping that he comes out and gives you a double single? Uh, you would, are a hater, <laughs> is what he would say. Well... I think there are multiple ways to go about this. James Wiseman did nothing wrong. James is a nice guy. He's a good soldier. There's all those things. Plus, he's a player that we've been excited about for three years. So why would you root against him? Right. You root for him. You root for people. Um, I'm I'm totally on board with that. Here's the flip side. I'm a Warriors fan. Fine. And a Warriors fan now, in an odd way, is incentivized... To root for James to not have a great all-star career. See, I don't buy that. I, uh, You're not I mean, incentivized at all for that very reason. I am because I want the Warriors to be right. Well, that it's not really, for me as a fan, I don't think of it in terms of right and wrong. Because right now, what we know about the Warriors and James Wiseman, the Warriors were wrong. Because they drafted the guy sure. at number two. And number two, you drafted him at number, number two, two, and he didn't do very much for you. 60 games of ineffectual basketball, and you felt like you needed to trade him. So as a Warriors fan, I already have my conclusion. You were wrong. You were wrong to pick him at number two, and or you were wrong with the way you used him. You were wrong. This Hold has on. nothing to do with James Wiseman. But, but. So if I'm going to root against James Wiseman now, that makes me a hater. But where you were wrong is potentially going to evolve because if James you could be wronger well no but if James Wiseman becomes a good player then guess what let's go back to the draft and you were right but then you were wrong with how you used him and you were wrong to give up on him and to me that's harder to stomach than you were wrong at the draft because all teams are wrong at the draft sometimes all teams, I guess, right? yeah, but that, you won a championship. That, so for me, sure, but whatever that, happens now for James, like if the Warriors didn't win the chip last year, I would maybe feel a little bit differently because, okay. you know, let's just say you don't win the chip last year and Wiseman didn't play at all and then this year went the way it went and you traded him and you're still chasing that fourth championship, I might feel a little bit differently. I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I, but coming I understand off a chip, that. I'm all for James Wiseman because it wasn't going to work here. However... 
in 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 ranking wrongs, messing up with a misevaluation sensation in the draft is part of sports. There's there's not a fan base in America. Doesn't matter who. That hasn't suffered through that. Thank you. The, the New England Patriots. <laughs> Even Baltimore, the Ravens, who are so good at drafting. Super wrong, right? Like, and every every fan feels like their team does it because you Matt got the Jones. you got the list in your head, right? Yeah. You got Todd Fuller and Solomon Thomas, and we always mess it up. Every fan base, Chris Rose, ask him if they've ever messed up a pick with the Cleveland Browns, okay? So every fan base experiences that, and obviously it's a thing that can't be avoided. You can't, it's a guessing game. But getting a player into your system and then misusing, not using, giving up on too early, it's a bigger crime. It's a yes. bigger crime, and I don't want that crime to become true. So in an odd way, like it not being personal, I'm not rooting ill for James and the, his future you want career, him to stink. but I don't want the Warriors to be even wronger than they already were. I don't think that they can be much wronger than they already are. Oh, sure they can. He could become an all-star. Right. That's way wronger I than, suppose, than just missing on a pick. they can always say that they didn't think that he would fit here or flourish here, and I do believe that that is the case. And you and I talked yesterday about, let's say James Wiseman becomes an all-star. When does it happen? You said in three years. I said more likely six to eight years. Either way... It's not going to help this core, this window, which is your number one responsibility. My thing on James Wiseman, in terms of I don't want the Warriors to be wronger, it is colored a little bit by the fact that you didn't get anything back for James Wiseman. It appears. Gary Payton II, out a month, maybe two. And in two months, you may not have any basketball games to play. So you might have traded Wiseman for nothing. Maybe. So then if he goes out and he balls out, that would hurt a little bit more well, than if, let's say, Gary was healthy and he leads you to the five seed and you go on a little bit of a mini run, whatever that means. At least you would feel like you got something for James. I mean, I guess just as a fan, what, what burns you more? Let's say Hunter Bishop never, never makes the bigs. Never heard of him. Okay, sure you have. <laughs> let's say Hunter Bishop never makes the bigs. What hurts more, Hunter Bishop or Brian Reynolds playing in center field for the Pittsburgh Pirates who you did draft and then you shipped out and he became a borderline all-star? Oh, it's Brian Reynolds. Thank you. So that's what I'm and getting at. And who's that at. other outfielder they shipped out who went on to hit like uh, 35 homers a year? Talking about Duvall? Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I was thinking Duggar, but I knew it wasn't Duggar. Duggar. It was no. Duvall. <laughs> Duggar. <laughs> Gary Brown? <laughs> right? So with the, the, to me... It hurts more when you give up on someone and he becomes a star get it. than it does to just miss a pick. Baseball is a little bit more of a crapshoot. Totally. But in this case, like James Wiseman, you had two and a half years to show something, no anything, doubt. Bueller, Bueller, and he hasn't he hasn't been able to do it. All brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Brock Purdy, Steph Curry, GP2, cleared to play. Doc Pandia coming up next on Willard and Dibs. <laughs> Now back to Willard and Diz. Take it away, Mark. <laughs> I should have been a veterinarian. That's bottom line. Oh my god. Cash rules everything around <laughs> meow. I, yes. Without fully going into the conversation. My god, dog. Yeah. I'll tell my side it of gets, it. It gets expensive. I guess this is what I can now share. 
Uh, Penny the dog. Man. Had a hell of a week last week. Rest in payments, R.I.P. She's only two. They found something. They removed it. I got the call yesterday. It's benign. She's good. Nice, Penny. We're 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 fine. The bank account is not dollars, right? Not pennies, (laughs) dollars. Not penny. Seriously. Not penny. Not nickel. Not dime. Not not quarter. quarter Not dollar. Head north. Yeah, keep going. Benjamin. Good lord. But uh, Penny's going to be all right. And uh, so that is a, a wonderful thing. In fact, she has been cleared to play. She has been cleared to play. Oh, that's right. That's right. We're taking you inside the tent right now. Get you updated on the latest injuries in the Bay. We're proud to partner with UCSF Health on this segment and bring in Associate Professor of Orthopedic Surgery, Dr. Narav Pandya. Doc, talk to me about uh, how long after uh, surgery does it take a dog to be able to run <laughs> in a dog park? What's, uh, what's, what's the time like there? You know, I'm going to stay in my lane with that one. All right, all right, that's so fine. Good. Fine, okay, fine. Let's talk <laughs> about that. Let's talk about GP2 then. Okay. If yeah. this is boring, but anyway, yeah, core like you know, rotten to the core. I guess like what what is what's the read on on this GP2 injury and and if you think he can contribute this year? Yeah, no, I I think it's it's going to be a little bit tough. You know, I think any time an athlete has had multiple of these kind of core muscle injuries, which sounds like GP2 has had, um, and you go beyond what's quote-unquote the normal timeline, you do you begin to worry a little bit. You know, like in general, if you look at NBA athletes who've had this injury, you're looking at like four to five months recovery, and the fact that he still has pain is concerning. But based on what they're saying, that this could be an adductor issue, I think that was the initial report that came out. We do commonly see adductor issues after core muscle surgery, so it's kind of in line what we typically see. Um, and the fact that he's going to have a month or so to rehab. So I think the Warriors wouldn't have brought him on unless they felt that he was going to be able to contribute even given his history. So could it be around playoff time potentially? Could it be a little bit earlier? But the good news is these are never career-threatening injuries. This is just something he has to address so he can be effective come hopefully end of the season playoff time. Yeah, and playoff time, hopefully there is a playoff time, and part of that is dependent on Steph Curry and his return to play. Knowing what we don't know about the ligaments that he injured, is that partly why we don't have a concrete return to play schedule for Steph Curry? Yeah, absolutely. There's really nothing out there in terms of, you know, these type of injuries where you have like just kind of like more of a, of a kind of a sprain type issue. Um if you look at some kind of reports that are out there, some people say it takes about three weeks for these to heal and then another three weeks to kind of get your strength back. So maybe a six-week time frame, but there's no template. I mean, we know what an ACL, we know what an Achilles is. So I think in general for fans to kind of realize that a lot of it is about, number one, he has to get his pain better. And number two, then it's the ability to do stuff on the court. This isn't a thing that's going to typically cause instability, like his tibia and fibula aren't going to like come out of place. But it's all about pain control, and, and this is an area that can sometimes take a little bit longer to get better, and it's his knees. So I think that given all those factors, um, it's hard to say. It's really about how he's responding, and when you're just waiting to see how an athlete responds, it's time to put a time, hard to put a timetable on it. Okay, so Doc, that, that sort of fuzzy timetable that we're all dealing with, um, is there even a back end where you're just kind of like, okay, worst case scenario? I mean, there's a, or is there a scenario where we don't see Steph again this year? Yeah, I mean, that would obviously be the worry. I think when you get to more than six weeks, that's typically when most ligament issues like this are, are going to heal up. So if you start getting to week six or week seven, and he's still having discomfort, that's when we start worrying about what's the you know what's potentially else going on. Is there's this more severe does need to be shut down? So I think six weeks would be that time frame at which we would get worried. Hopefully, as we see him progressing and he seems to be walking a little bit more comfortably, doing more stuff, that would be a positive sign. We hit week six, and I'd start getting worried. 
Yeah, and that's, uh, man, week six would get us into probably mid-March, and then you'd have to really worry, and especially determined by where the Warriors are in terms of a playoff push at that point. Clay Thompson played a back-to-back, which was pretty exciting. Does this mean that he's now cleared to play more back-to-backs, or is this just a case that heading into the All-Star break, it was a good calculated risk for them to take? I think it's a combination of both. I think, you know, the risk of him playing it, even if they were going to the All-Star break or not, I think the risk of having something happen on that second night, they clearly weighed and they wanted him to play. And I think the going into the All-Star break does give them a little bit more leeway in terms of seeing how his body responds. Um, I think the fact that they're actually considering it means he'll probably see more back-to-backs as long as he did well as the season goes on. And I think the one thing that's gotten lost with everything else that's going on with Curry and GP2 is, how consistent and amazing Clay has been over the past month, month and a half in terms of both his recovery and how he's playing. We waited for a long period of time for people to ask, will he return to his form? Will he be able to play back-to-backs? And honestly, the way he's performing is far above and beyond anyone who's come back from an Achilles, even Durant, even Dominique Wilkins, and he's thrown an ACL. So I think it's important for people to recognize just how phenomenal what he's doing is in the context of his injuries um, over the past several years. Uh, Doc, Brock Purdy's uh, surgery is scheduled for a week from today. Uh, It continues to be that all indications that this is going to be repair, not reconstruction. But how does it work when they get in there? Is there any chance that that changes on the fly? Absolutely. You know, I think that MRIs will give us a good sense of what we're going to do 80-85% of the time. Um, but once you open up the elbow and you're looking at that ligament, you're feeling the quality of it, you're seeing if there's tearing, you can't see an MRI, absolutely, most surgeons are going to be ready to prepare it and change. So hopefully, this is a ligament tear that just kind of came right off the bone or it's torn in an area where there's really good quality tissue and you do the repair um, with this kind of, with this internal brace as well too that they, people talk about. Um, and he's back in six months. But if you go in there and that ligament doesn't look good, the worst thing you can do is say, look, we're going to do this repair and then it fails in three months. So absolutely the surgeon will be prepared to do whatever is necessary to give him a solid arm so absolutely there could be a possibility that you know he gets a surgery done there's a report from the 49ers that he had the bigger one and it's been nine months but most of the time we can get a good sense from the mri uh what, what's going to be but you can't 100 know until you're in there medically what would be better would it be better for the ligament to be partially torn off the bone or torn slightly in the middle of the ligament itself Probably better to be torn off the bone because you've got less, the ligament basically heals better to bone uh, in terms of general kind of like biology. If it tears in the middle, it's really hard for that tissue to kind of come together. And also, even though you're looking right at the tear, everything around it is just degenerated. So usually when it pulls off bone, you have a good quality of ligament that just needs to be reattached. When it tears in the middle, then you're just dealing with bad tissue. And that's where you're going down the route of, look, we need to do a reconstruction which is the longer, longer recovery. Doc, great stuff. Uh, if you know any dog orthos, let me know. <laughs> I'll see what I'll do. I'll send some feelers out on Twitter. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Great stuff. We'll talk to you next week, Doc. Okay. Sounds good. All right. There he goes. Dr. Narav Pandya. And the proceeding was sponsored by UCSF Health. I mean, I take from that, like, hold your breath. Definitely. A week from today. Hold your breath. Because, my God, can you imagine if uh, Wednesday afternoon next week we get word, oh, actually, it was worse than we thought. I mean, it changes the entire structure of the NFC totally right for for the next six months. And that's why I wanted to ask about the two different tears because, you know, if it is torn in the middle, which to me, 
based on the way the injury happened, it feels like that would be more of an off-the-bone tear. I think the tear in the middle of the ligament would be more over time, where it gets stretched out, stretched out, and then it just tears because it's been stretched out so much. That's why I wanted to ask him as to which of the two repairs is better for Brock Purdy, and that makes sense in terms of go ahead and re-secure that thing back to the bone. It heals better around bone, and after three months, once it's grown back to the bone, then he's able to throw again. If it's in the middle of the ligament, and you got to now worry about the tissue, the unstable tissue, that's more likely to suffer a, a re-tear. You love this stuff. Oh, I, I absolutely do, Mark. <laughs> I don't. It makes me... I light up. It makes me... Like, I don't have a weak stomach, but it makes me a little queasy. Like, well, is it on the bone? Did it snap here? Yeah, and yeah. then it is. It all frayed. And it's fall. I'm just like, ugh. As a man who's had four surgeries, I've had four surgeries, <laughs> not in cloud, including dental surgeries. Uh-huh. So I, like when I tore my labrum, I was walked through exactly what they do. My labrum was torn off the bone. So they drilled into my shoulder four screws and they reattach the labrum. Damn. So I, I have screws in my shoulder. And so I know that that was not torn in the middle of the labrum. It was torn, you know, Four screws four? inside. Well, no, 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 but four, four total surgeries? Yeah. I had a perception that you had had way more. ACL uh-huh. replacement. Yeah. Meniscus removal. Uh-huh. Uh, torn labrum repair. And? Reverse vasectomy. Oh, yeah, reverse, yeah. reverse. Uh, yeah. Which, if you want to ask, you want to talk about which this one? Is, the is, most uh, painful of the four surgeries? I know which It's one. close between the shoulder and, uh, and, a, the, and the little fellas. Does the first vasectomy count as a surgery? Dude, no, that's okay. outpatient. All right. The all dude right. was talking about his upcoming trip to Alabama as my... Well... I'm, I'm like, what's yeah. that smell? Oh, those are my, my nuts. Oh, that's gross. Doc, can all we right. stop talking about your trip to Alabama and can oh, we focus can on the cutting of the vas deferens? <laughs> this is sponsored by AC Transit. Um, yeah. Here comes back inside. Tidy and Goo. Join us next. Two and two count. Willard and Debs. This is James Watson. Now back to Willard and Debs. Oh. Now back to Willard and Debs. See what happens when you mispronounce my name? That's it, huh? Say my name. <laughs> Say it right. Say my name. Williard. Go on. Man. Pardon? Don't mess it up. Or you out. Man. No, I hope you, I, like, I, I say this sort of, I don't know, through gritted teeth. Like, I hope he does well tonight. But I, do, I don't want the Warriors to have committed that sin. A double sin, if you will. Uh, drafting It'd be a guy, a triple sin, uh, kind of. You because there's the, the draft, draft, and there's the development. You missed on the development, and then there's the departure. And if he shout out, uh, was that Jack Nicholson and the departure? It's a good movie. But if he goes on to be a great pro eventually, it's a little bit like the Carlos Correa to me. If in six years James Wiseman is an All Star, is a great player. Fine, you didn't blow it in six years if James Wiseman as a 27 or 28-year-old finally becomes a good, serviceable, double-double machine. I don't think you look back and say, you gave up on him too soon. You could say you didn't develop him. You could say you blew the draft pick because you never developed him, you never used him. But if he goes out immediately... And over the next two dozen games for Detroit, and by the way, they're twelve and a half point dogs. Yeah, they're Boston, at Boston tonight. Right? tonight. <laughs> if he goes out tonight and puts up twenty eight, sixteen, and five blocks, that's not going to happen. No, but that's not going to happen. In a win over Boston, over or under thirteen points tonight, oh, James under. Wiseman. Under. Yeah, 
right? I don't even know what like well like, under thirteen minutes. Where is he in the rotation? I don't know. I don't know. If Does Detroit have a rotation? rotation? <laughs> I'm sure their coach thinks so. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I wish for all you know. We talked about it earlier. The bars and restaurants throughout the Bay Area. Now's your time to just have your head in the sand or get league pass. And put the Pistons game on tonight at your bar or restaurant. I get really, really upset whenever the Warriors or the Giants are playing. It's a little different with 49er football. I mean, unless it was a Thursday night game or a Monday night game. But, like, it's on you to have the local game on. Don't make people get up out of their seat and ask. Don't show me Wisconsin basketball on February 14th. That's that's ridiculous. But tonight, starting tonight, like, what do we have? We have a uh, nine-day run of you can put whatever the hell you want on the TV. Is that about right? I guess. I mean, honestly, it all starts here in about eight minutes with uh, Manchester City and Arsenal okay. playing for the top of the table in the well, Premier League. Yeah, but it's in the morning. Like, bars for the most part. Well, noon right. is actually the afternoon. Well, right. But right now, it's the morning. It's 11.52. People are not at bars and restaurants or uh, unless they're, you know, searching uh, Indeed.com. <laughs> Seriously. Looking for work. You wish you were at a bar or restaurant to well, watch sure. this one. The, the best two teams in the English Premier League, no, the top uh, of the table, they are clashing. First place is on the line, Mark. That was not a uh, that, was, that, was, that was not a shot at soccer. Unfortunately, it's not on regular TV. You know what it's on? It's on the cock. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's on the bock. Yeah. It's on the, on the, the bock. bock. It's on the pee bock. Yeah, they are. They're breaking down on the uh, on the bock rule this year. Right. Bock, 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 Big time. Give me. I mean, it's going to be record box this year. Can't wait. In MLB. Can't wait. Nobody, just, nobody knows how to throw a party like MLB. Right. Like you know what oh, we're going to. Yeah, but this year, this year. Bigger bases, right, and more bars. Exactly, an Who illegal want formation. To buy a for that? Just chew it and do it. Yeah, Are that's they gonna, exciting. Uh, equip the umps with yellow flags because now there's going to be more penalties than ever before. That'd be amazing. Illegal shift. I'd love for them to throw a flag out on the field. That'd be tremendous. I mean, there'd be. I mean, there'd Give be me so something. many flags. Yeah, but just you know, visually. Baseball needs to think visually. This is why... That's why they got the bigger bases. Well, no, that's not why they got the bigger bases, but <laughs> your base is bigger than mine. Uh, no, it's it, like, this is why I think the idea of celebration, you hit a home run, you give it a little look, you give it a little, hey, how you doing, you give it a little shimmy, whatever you want to do. Taunting 15 yards. Yeah, but it's okay because it's visual. Yeah. It's visual. Like, you do it in the NBA and nobody even blinks. Uh, baseball needs to remove the word disrespectful from its lexicon. They go through this whole, everything that everybody does is disrespectful. Don't be disrespectful. You stole a base in the seventh inning and you were up by five and you're in first place in the standing and, and we have the, stop. Oh, you looked at your home run or you swung the bat while your team was up by 11 in the eighth inning or later, and then you bunted, and just just relax. Just relax and stop thinking that everything that happens is disrespectful. Can you imagine if what is normalcy in the NBA or the NFL went to baseball for one second? One second. 
You what? shimmy shake, you get thrown at. Throw a curveball, and somebody strikes out, and you run to home plate as a pitcher and put your finger in the batter's face and whack it. <laughs> Don't you try to hit my curveball. Totally. The world would stop. But in the NBA or the NFL, stuff is normalcy. Yeah. Total normalcy. Well, that's a. it's not only a culture thing. It's uh, it's a nationalist thing because if you go watch professional baseball in other countries, there are cheerleaders on top of dugouts. There are cartwheels on the way to first base. It is celebrated in a different way. But here in America, a sport that traditionally has been largely populated by stodgy white people, yeah. that's where all of these unwritten rules have come from, which is why now in the modern game, where we've gotten more... More Latinos involved than ever, bringing their certain style of baseball with them. It now runs anathema or counter to what we traditionalists yeah. in America have wanted. Mean, I, look, and you, I'm not one of them. You don't have to like it. You just have to let it happen, though. Like in basketball, no one wants to get dunked on. But when you do get dunked on, the other player's going to flex. Just get up and go to the other end of the floor. It's it's very very simple. Yeah. So I'm not asking you to like it if somebody does cartwheels down to first base. Of course you don't like it. It doesn't feel good to get beat in sports. Mad bum. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get out of the ocean. <laughs> it's it doesn't feel good, but you just you got to let it be. You got to yeah. stop freaking out about disrespect, and then it turned the whole game is like, well, now we're not playing baseball. 